Nearly Ram for Wednesday, Yudhan Tafshin Payal, third Perak of Hilchus Shabbos. So yesterday we learned about Pikuach Nefesh on Shabbos, and now we're moving on to the topic of starting a Malacha on Erev Shabbos, and especially the main, most famous one is putting something on the fire, which is going to cook over Shabbos, so you're starting the Malacha, Erev Shabbos, and it's going to go into Shabbos. Ah, uh-huh. oh, okay, very good. So you're learning those Halachas not Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, so uh, you can uh, compare and contrast. We did, and I'm a more Okay, okay. So, Halacha Aleph. In theory, in essence, you are allowed to start Malacha in the hours before Shabbos. Even though the Malacha will continue and com- be completed on Shabbos itself. Because uh, we're only prohibited from doing Malacha on the actual day. But if it happens on its own, and the only act we did was before Shabbos, we are allowed to enjoy whatever happened on its own on Shabbos. Uh, so you go straight into some examples. So for example, So you can open uh, an irrigation channel, you're letting water into the garden, and it continues uh, watering and filling up on Shabbos. You can put some incense under some clothes, and the whole Shabbos they're getting this uh, nice aroma from the uh, from the incense. You can put a salve, some kind of salve on the eye, um, or a bandage. So. So yes, yesterday, you know, if you replace, if you, uh, you're fixing a, we said yesterday, you can take a broken limb and you can realign it. So what about uh, putting a cast over it? So here we see that even a bandage really is considered a form of refua. So, uh, however, if you did it after Shabbos, so even though it's continuing to heal you throughout Shabbos, that's, that's still okay. And you can, um, you, you mix uh, ink and herbs together. We learned the Sefer about making ink. So you're mixing that stuff together and it's soaking and it goes uh, throughout Shabbos. You can put the wool into a vat or strands of flax into an oven and uh, it's, it's, it's uh, changing the color. Uh, the color, you're, you're painting them. You're, they're acquiring a color over the course of Shabbos. You put out a trap for uh, whatever creature, uh, beast, birds, fish, and um, you can uh, you can they can get trapped. They they walk into the trap on their own on Shabbos. You can load the beams of an olive press or the stones of a grape press, and you load it on the fruits. And uh, as Shabbos is going, the the the, the juice is flowing. And you can light uh, a candle or, a, you know, this is maybe uh, the most obvious, the most familiar. Uh, you can light a fire or some kind of uh, just a candle uh, for Shabbos, and then you have light or you have warmth over the course of the whole Shabbos. Now, the ones that have to do with fire in particular are going to get mentioned again throughout the parak, because as we're going to see, when it comes to cooking, we're very nervous about fire. So why did we uh, why did we say that some of these other things that involve fire are okay? So we're gonna we're gonna see throughout the parak. Now he moves on to the next example, which is gonna be the the main central example that we're gonna discuss a lot. So you can put a pot on the fire 
or meat in the oven, or meat on the coals. And it continues cooking. You can eat on Shabbos, even though the cooking occurred on Shabbos. That's not the problem, that cooking is occurring on Shabbos and you're enjoying it. We already established that uh, malachas can happen on their own if you set them up to do that. However, there's a problem. However, ways of doing this that are prohibited. And the one thing all the problems have in common is always we're afraid you're going to start shifting around the coals in the midst of Shabbos. And that's why we're going to have a whole bunch of rules of what's allowed and what is not allowed. So, so for example, so you have a, you have a dish or water that aren't fully cooked, aren't fully boiled. Or even if it was fully cooked, but uh, some extra warmth, some extra cooking would be good for it. So you can't just leave it there on the fire over the whole Shabbos, even though you left it there while it was still Arab Shabbos. We're afraid that you might start uh, shifting the coals around because you want it to uh, make sure that it finishes cooking or that it can, continues uh, being improved. Now you have two options. You have Gadafa Eish, which usually be referred to as Grufa. So you just uh, you shovel the whole fire out. Or you cover the fire in the Kira. And here the Ram identifies we're talking about a Kira, which is a stove that has, we're going to see later, has multiple, uh, at least two uh, openings on top. Uh, so if you uh, cover the fire in the kira with ashes or some flax, some thin flax, so that's called ketuma. So you have grufa or ketuma. Or the coals themselves are already uh, pretty uh, pretty low. They're not very hot anymore. So then it's like they're covered in ashes. Or you, you simply lit it with uh, the kind of fuel that's not uh, the kind that you really are going to play around with. It's just straw. Or um, you know, excrement from an animal. There are no actual coals here that you would be able to shift. So then you could leave the fire, on, the pot on, the meat on directly. Because when you put it on, and you knew that there's not really uh, what to uh, you know be chaysa over here, so you sort of put it out of your mind. So we no longer have exerted that. Oh, maybe you will uh, play around with the fire. Um, so um, the Kesef Mishnah quotes the Ramach here. The Ramach has a question. The Ramam said that he siyach daitoi. So he says, why, why, how does he masiyach das? He plans on eating it, uh, possibly tonight. And they didn't say that he has another thing to eat. So uh, why would you say that he forgot about it? No, the real reason is, Gruf and Ketuma, simply that prevents you from being chaysa, not she uh, siyach daitoi. Um, the says that, uh, no, quite a Rambam, that, uh, yeah, Gruf includes being the Messiah Das. If you look at Al Tereba, just, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a lot you can quote from Al Tereba, but I'll just quote just a little bit here from the beginning of Simulation on Gimel, which deals with these halachas. So the way Al Tereba says it is, if you have Kira, a uh, Kira, and it has, uh, the Gephas or the Eitzim, and I'm didn't mention the terms Gephas or Eitzim yet, but he doesn't mention it soon, that's the standard, the standard fuel that has Gechalim. <laughs> So if you, you lit the kira with the gaffas or aitzim with wood, um, so uh, so then you can't leave the tafshal on at uh, you know erev uh, Shabbos, um, assuming that it was called kamaychol benderi soy. That I never mentioned uh, that term, but the, the term that you go with in halacha is kamaychol benderi soy. Um, so shema yachta. So you might uh, turn the coals around with uh, with a shovel. 
Unless it's grufa, you swept it all out, ktuma, you covered it, and then the Alter Rebbe adds that you don't have to uh, cover it completely until you can't tell there's any fire at all. Just a little bit. And even if the, the fire comes roaring back, so is it really ktuma? Just by doing the gesture, by showing you, by indicating what your intention is, that you don't need the gachalam, shuvein lacha shamayachta b'shavas, and then he mentions also the Gachalm, if they, if they just are very weak, the itself is like Tumah. Now, nowadays, of course, we uh, have a blech. That's the, the very common thing to do. So, uh, now actually, there's really a discussion on Paiskim. Would just putting a sheet of metal on top of a fire be considered like Tumah? That's not mentioned here. We're talking about actually putting something over the fire itself that weakens the fire. Here, you're just uh, sliding a sheet of metal in between. Encourage. Well, you have that famous line that they quote from the Balamar about uh, you know he's implying that if you don't, then that shows that you're sympathetic to, uh, to the Karaites. So you have to show that, of course, we say it's mutter, and, and that's Einik Shabbos. Einik Shabbos is to have one food. So it's to have it, but still be super careful, etc. Yeah, all, all foods that they ate in those days were probably prepared in this kind of way. You want to have meat on Shabbos, you're going to cook it, and you know you've no way to uh, preserve it really, so it comes straight off the fire. That's how that's the Einik Shabbos. So the the first source that can be applied to the Shail of the Blech is that um, in the Gaius Mardchai, we say quote from the Gaius Mardchai. There's Mardchai, there's the Hagaius on the Mardchai that says that. Um, if you want to wake up in the morning and uh, you're afraid that uh, your, your your dish is going to get burned, he says you can uh, take it off and you put a, a kadeir or a konis. You can put an empty pot on the kira and that's like a grufok tuma because the kadeir is blocking the entrance of the kira and then you put your pot on top. Meshach brings this. So this seems to be the marker that uh, putting some metal, something like that, even though you're not technically uh, affecting the fire itself, would uh, be Ketumah, so then a Blach would be the same thing. Um, there, and the Achreinim say that it's not that the, the, the fire has to be, meaning implies that you're actually weakening the fire. Most Achreinim said there was someone who wanted to be Machmer and say that, no, it has to actually weaken the, the fire. Most Achreinim said no. But nowadays, when it came to the Shah of the Blach, they said, the fire, it could be unaffected. The fire could be, you don't have to touch the fire as long as it's just, a, it's, a, it's a hacker. Um, that's the, that's the minute. Everyone... Covering the controls of the fire. Now, what about what about covering the actual controls of the fire? So, when, until now, by default, I'm just talking about covering the fire. What about covering the control? So, Ramesha Feinstein, Takapaskin, the Yosa have to cover uh, the controls because otherwise, you know, what did you really cover that's here? The, that's the whole, where's where's the, the where's the chaisa? How would you be chaisa? Would you would you touch the fire? Or would you touch the knot? However, Shlomo Zaman Arabach said that uh, the whole, again, we said the whole logic here is Gile Das, a hacker. You're, you're just indicating that uh, you're not uh, interfering with it. So then the Blech itself could be okay, even if it's not uh, a technical. Uh, personally, I grown up with uh, covering the, the knobs. I've been in other places, I guess, we're not. But uh, so now you, here you see the. Uh, says, however, he says, if you cover the Blech, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't touch the knobs. If, you, if, if, the, if the Blech is not covering the knobs, and don't touch the knobs after you cover the fire with the blech. Yeah, to adjust it before Shabbos. But then that shows that uh, you're not being Messiah Das. You have to put the blech on and walk people away as Messiah Das and finish with the fire. Yeah, that's, 
If it covers it and you pick it up, that's fine, because then once you put it back down, you covered it again. But if you're not covering it, if your black is covering the knobs, that wouldn't be a problem. You pick it up and adjust and then put it down. Once you put it down, you show that this time you finally covered it for real and you walked away. But if you cover the fire and you're still playing with the knobs, then you show that you're not really uh, being Messiah Das from the thing that really matters to you. Then you have hot plates where the, the idea is that you can't adjust. That's the, the basic uh, idea. But you have to be careful with Hatmana, which is an own, its own issue. And Rama will discuss that, uh, I think, in the next paragraph. But that's the uh, the practical uh, contemporary application of this halacha. And that usually has you covered. Then you don't really have to know uh, all the different pratim no, of the type. Of, Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. gets heated from the hot water. Yeah, you, you can put on shabbos. Ah, uh-huh. they have an organization that comes out with all these shabbos. Right, right. All right. Um, so that was all the kira. Now we're going to move on to other types. So, this regular stove that doesn't have that much steam. The tanur, the way it's designed, the, 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 the tanur from those days, whether it's gruf or it's ketum or you didn't even put in the Gechalim, it, it's straw. You can't uh, leave anything inside or on top, or even put something next to it. If it's not fully cooked, or it can still gain to be cooked. Because it has such tremendous steam, uh, heat, you're never uh, forgetting about it. Somehow you'll, you'll be afraid you'll still somehow interfere. Even though it's the kind of fire that ordinarily you wouldn't be able to interfere with. Uh, why? Why did they say not allowed to? Because even great, we said you're shoving the fire out. It's only most of it. Most of the fire, the strength of the fire. The way the fires are, you can't clear the whole thing out. And because of the tremendous heat, you might be tempted to even play around with whatever sparks you find there, and that would still be a problem. Now we move on to a third uh, type of stove, the kupach. So Ram says a kupach. It's finding at the end of the halacha. It's somewhere in between a kira and a taner. So it's halacha is also somewhere in between. If you heat it with, with proper uh, fuel, uh, gefes and ate some wood, or gefes is from the, from the olives, or whatever that is. Uh, so that is like a tanor. So the same halacha. You can't put anything on it, near it, uh, as long as it gains from being cooked. Even if you cover it, but if you use the kashe gvava, that stuff, then all of a sudden it has the same din as a kira that has kashe gvava. Um, then you could leave things on the kupah. And back to the regular kira, we didn't mention about being saimech. We said you can't be saimech to a tanner. And so what, what about a kira? You're allowed to be saimech. You're allowed to put it next to the kira, uh, before Shabbos. Even if it doesn't have, uh, the grufa. What is the difference anyway? Kira mekem shvisa shteik deiris. A kira is a stove that has room for two, but kupach mekem shvisa kadeira achas. A kupach has room for one, and a tanner is just designed differently. Um, now, um, what about if the tapshul is? We don't know. We've been talking about a tapshul that stands to gain. It, 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 it's 
either it's it's shaloi bashal kotzerka, it's simply not fully or it's fully, but it can still stand again. What about a taf shalchai shaloi bashal klal? What if it's uh, completely raw? Or on the opposite extreme, it doesn't stand to gain any more any more heat. Then you could leave it on the fire. Bein bekira, vikupach, bein betaner. No matter what, without grufa ktuma, you can just put it straight on the fire of any kind and walk away. And even the example we gave earlier, where it really it is a mode of cooking, still in hishlochatoyche everchai samach min hashmash. If you threw in one raw piece right before Shabbos, nasa kol ketaf shalchai, it acquires the 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 status that as if the whole pot is raw. Again, you can leave it on any fire without covering anything because you already forgot about it. And then the rule is always, will you uh, interfere or not? And if it's the kind of thing where you just totally forget about it, then you can actually uh, leave it on the fire. Uh, well, why is so then, you aren't expecting it to, you aren't expecting to be involved. You know, it's nowhere near being ready. If it's near being ready, then we're con- then we're concerned that you're you're trying to expedite it. But if it's... The night, the Friday night, it'll work until the start and start the Apparently, you have to. Uh, apparently, we we'll go after the beginning of Shabbos. If when Shabbos comes in, you're thinking about it, so then uh, we're concerned that you're you're on top of it. Once when Shabbos comes in, you're not thinking about it. Then that's it. Apparently, um, there are other sheets, by the way, in different details. But we're just going here with the Rambam, and uh, like I said, with a blach, you should really uh, just put a blach, and you'll be fine <laughs> most of the time. Halacha uh, test. Uh, what if you went ahead and did what you weren't supposed to do? Call Tavshel Shalasul Shalai. So what if you said Aser? Im Avon Veshiyah. So you went ahead and did it anyway. Also, Achlan Matzay Shabbos. You can't eat it. You have to wait till Matzay Shabbos. Be Yam to Mechdei Shiyas, and you have to wait for the amount of time it takes to make it from scratch. Im Shachachai. What if it wasn't uh, deliberate? You simply forgot. You left. You left it on Erev Shabbos. Um. What? If it's totally raw, if it's totally raw. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And if you just forgot, if it's a kind of dish, uh, that taka, the, the kind where you're, uh, where it needs to be cooked, it's not fully cooked, also at Metzai Shabbos, then it's still also at Metzai Shabbos. Oh, he doesn't mention Metzai Shabbos. However, here all of a sudden we distinguish between the kind, until now, we, we, these are all in the same category, whether it's, uh, Partially cooked, or whether it's fully cooked, but can still be uh, still gained from being fur- further cooked. But here we distinguish. We say if it was takale bashal kotzer, if taka needed more cooking than it's aser. But if it was really properly cooked, you just didn't mind if it cooked a little more. Then mutalach le b'shabbos. Then you can actually eat it on Shabbos if you forgot. Um, of course, as usual, the shakavatari. We're not getting into it. And now we're going to talk about putting it back. So the Ramam says kol shemutal shahisa gabi ha'esh. Whenever we said that you're allowed to leave something on the fire, when you take it off on Shabbos, then you can never put it back. So for example, like we said, a tafshul chai, something that's completely uh, raw, you're allowed to leave it literally directly on the fire. So sure, you can leave it on the fire. But if you take it off, then there's no way to put it back. If it's an uncovered fire, and it's the kind of situation where you're uh, you're allowed to... Uh, the only situation in which you're allowed to return something is when you're... Uh, it was a grufa and ketuma situation. You're only allowed to put it on with grufa and ketuma. Then you also have the benefit of being able to put it back. That's another reason why to have a blech. That way you can always put it back. Meaning, let's say you have something that's fully cooked. So technically, you can leave it on the fire without a blech. But then if you take it off, you won't be able to put it back. If you have the blech, you can always put it back. 
that would be a that would be a reason to he always cover. Yeah, yeah, gonna, he's going to say right here. So when you're allowed to, so you're, you can only return it if it's a kira that was that was covered, or the group of ktuma basically, Counters. When you put it on the floor, and then you come back. Even if it's uh, swept out or covered. And the tanner has a special halacha. So uh, even if you did grufa ktuma, you can't uh, you can't put it back. Um, you would seem to leave the to leave that fire on. Some people put it on 200 degrees and they keep it in. They want to take out uh, Friday night. And then if you, I'm saying, are, they, are you allowed to put it back in? Are you allowed to keep it in? I, mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, try to guess. I don't know how to look it up. Um, same, but you don't know if it's the same dinner. I haven't, uh, haven't seen that detail. Um, also not familiar with uh, leaving it on. I don't think one of us come up, but uh, it's an interesting question. There used to be an issue that we open it and then it gets stronger. Again. So they have a, they have a Shabbos, Shabbos as well. Uh-huh. But you have that every if it's a Shabbos yomtiv, people leave their 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 ovens for seventy two hours. It has a mold for seventy two hours. You know, so, so you want to so that Shabbos? You want to turn that Shabbos? Shabbos. 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 Right. And the rule is that if you're not allowed to put it back on Shabbos, it's also not something you're allowed to put next to on Shabbos. Okay, so that I think concludes that uh, discussion. And now we move on to other aspects, other applications of uh, cooking and fire on Shabbos. Hmm? So we were speaking about Seimchen, where it's not on the fire, it's next to it. And here we're talking about uh, well, our stoves. You don't, there isn't really any next to it. Usually the counter is next to it. But uh, talking about a standalone uh, stove or oven where the walls are warm, you can put something up against the wall. Oh, you can't even benefit from the heat. Yeah. If it's something, if it's the katana or these types of things where you're not allowed to, uh, you're not allowed to return you know, something to them. Once you've taken it off and put it onto the ground yeah. or onto the Bios counter or table, at that point, not only are you not allowed to put it back on the fire, you can't even put it next, next to it. Once, All right. Once you, once you let go of the fire. Yeah. Now, regarding uh, a, a spoon, a ladle, you know, you know, to serve directly from the the pot on the fire, but because you're essentially mixing it, and that contributes to cooking. It's like you're cooking on Shabbos. You are allowed to carry it from one stove and put it on another stove. Even if you're taking it off the the stove that has less heat and putting it on a stove with more heat, but not if it's warm by uh, by covering it. So to so from there to there, from there to there, that you can't do. Only from one stove to another stove. Um, now, about regarding peas and beans, lo yamali adam kadeh asosias with termusin. Aichav shel mayim. Yitn l'teicha tano out of Shabbos and Chashech of Yishar Eisan. She'ed v'cholcha hitzbein av bishle bashle kol iker ketavshe shle bashle terkens. Even though peas or beans are water, so even though uh, we said usually if it's not cooked at all. Other things you are allowed to put on the fire, even a tanur, but these things, even though they're not cooked at all, it's as if we treat them like they're partially cooked. Because they cook very quickly. 
So it's the equivalent of, let's say, meat that's partially cooked. In your mind, you want to eat them right away. And therefore, if your mind's on it, we said that's the rule, the mind's on, your mind's on it, then you're going to want to be chaisa. Therefore, it wouldn't be okay on a tanner the way other things uh, might be. Of course, if it's a kir, a group of tumah, all that, then it's fine. And if you went ahead and did it anyway, as soon as the Shabbos, then you have to wait the Shabbos and wait for how long time it would take to make it again. Um, now we're going to talk about. Right, right. The water has to have been at least halfway Right. Sure. Well, you know, this, this halfway is something. All right. Hey, you should rather make, make sure it's going to make sure it's warm. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, moving on to uh, meat. If you left meat, if I have Shabbos in the oven, I'm sorry. So if it's goat, then it's mutter. Because it happens to be that if you try tampering with the coals, it's going to ruin, it's going to singe the meat. All it needs is a little warmth. And beside Ezer Hisharu, but if it's uh, one second to Ezer D, I guess one is younger and one is older. Um, so uh, so D is very uh, very soft, and Ezer Hisharu is probably uh, tougher. So Osir Shemiyach B'Gacham Lavashi needs more cooking, so you might be more uh, involved in getting the fire. I'm talking Tana Betit, and if you seal the oven with mud, Mutter B'Shem Balaf Teicha Tana Balachtois. Because if, you, if you're tempted to break it open, to open it, and then to start uh, shoveling around, it's gonna, the wind is going to come in, the air, and then it's going to cause it to stiffen, and it's going to ruin the meat. So it just happens to be that technically, it's not Kedai. You wouldn't want to be Chesed Gacham, so that could be a way of being Matar. Anything that the wind, the air would ruin. Then we're not concerned that you're going to expose it and then... And, and, Try to be chaser. So back to the beginning of the parak. Why are you allowed to put the flax in the in the oven at, at dark? Shingilo, you pass it. We know that if you would uncover it, it would ruin it. So that's why we said that was okay, even though it involves fire. If you put a young kid, a young kid goat into the oven, then we treat it like other meat, and it's also Maybe you will, uh, because I guess it's just a much bigger piece. So, unless you covered it up, then in that case, then we'd be okay. <coughs> Are you allowed to put the, uh, the keves in, uh, into, right before Shabbos, even though you didn't do anything, because um, they're, they're on top of it. They know what they're doing. They're not going to, uh, do anything wrong. To roast meat, onion, or egg on the fire. You have to be ready and roasted from uh, before uh, this man. And after that, they stay on the fire. Then, does staying any longer would just make it worse. And if you touch the fire, your mom is going to destroy it. I'll go for a shame. The mom is on the fire. That explains what we said in the beginning that you're allowed to put the incense under the clothing. Because if you try uh, touching the clothes, it's just going to uh, make it worse and it's going to make the kalem have a, a smoky smell instead of a, a nice smell. You see what the rule is. The rule is always something to happen at Shabbos. The problem is your intervention. And if there's no concern, there's no problem. So in the beginning when we said you could put wool in the pot, the pot can't be on the fire. If it's on the fire, then you'll be touching the coals. 
and it has to be covered with with mud. Or else we're afraid you might uh, mix it after dark. Bread. The entry into the, into yeah. The yeah. You can put uh, bread in the oven at the, right before Shabbos. Or a cake or some sort on the kugel uh, or something on the coals. Unless the side that's not facing was exactly used to actually stick it onto the wall of the tanner or stick it onto the fire. So if the outside will already turn brown, then it's okay. Because then, if it's already brown on the outside, so then if you leave it later, and at that point, if you touch the fire, it's just going to ruin it. But if it didn't turn brown on the outside before dark, if was on purpose, you can't eat it till much of Shabbos, and you have to wait for the amount of time it takes to make it again. If it was an accident, this is your bread for Shabbos, we allow you to take away, take off what you need for three meals, Assuming you eat females, <laughs> but don't use your regular professional uh, shovel. Cut off pieces with a knife. And the Ramach has a question here. Didn't we say earlier that uh, if you did an iser, then you're not allowed to eat it? The rule is whatever there's an iser, you're not allowed to eat it. And he says the din of Gimel Suddis is only if you didn't do be iser, where it was brown. And anyway, that's not what the Ramach said. Uh, now let's just finish off. Uh, making a fire, you can make a fire out of anything, whether it's on the ground or in some kind of vessel, you light it while it's still out of Shabbos, and you use the light or the warmth. But most of it has to be lit already by dark, it's already flickering on its own. But if it wasn't the majority, also, you can enjoy the light or the warmth. We're afraid that, oh, Shabbos is coming in and it's not really uh, lighting right, so you're going to be touching it and uh, causing the fire to go up. And if it's just one piece of wood, the thickness, the circumference, it has to be, most of it has to be on fire. That's just uh, anywhere. You can light the fire where the where the used to light the the fire for warmth uh, right before dark, and we're not afraid because the Ghanim they do things right; they're not going to do things wrong. But if it's reeds or seeds, then you don't have to light most of it. If you started the fire before Shabbos, it's good. Because the fire catches instantly. There's no need to intervene. But if the reeds or seeds were in some kind of bundlings or palm leaves or something, then they have a regular dinner. And then like regular wood. And again, you have to make sure that the fire caught so you're not touching it. Base finally, so if it's a it's fire that's made out of tar, sulfur, something that's oily, wax, straw, or stubble, and it's a you don't have to light most of it before Shabbos. They too catch fire very quickly.